Welcome to the Bullets Forever podcast, because everyone has a podcast now. It's a rule. Thank you for joining us. My name is Jake Whitaker, and I am joined tonight by... All right, guys, let's do this. What's up, Alan? That's... uh... You have some great introductions. I've never heard that one before. That ranks with uh, one of the best ones you've you've had. Well, thank you, thank you. I um, I I, I was waiting for the right time to do the Leroy Jenkins uh, parody, and I think that was the right time. Uh, but yeah, it felt appropriate. So yes, yes. So um, so anyway, we're not here to talk about uh, my bad impressions. We are here to talk about um, the Washington Wizards and the NBA playoffs. We're about a month away now, and basically we have no idea who the Wizards are going to face in the first round. Um, we kind of know the eight teams that are going to make it. Uh, Detroit and Charlotte have pretty much uh, excused themselves from the picture now, so we know who's going to be in the playoffs, but it's kind of a jumbled up mess uh, from three to eight. No one really knows um, how it's going to shake out. So uh, tonight we are going to rank – um, the teams we'd most like to see the Wizards uh, face um, all the way from, you know, the the ones we'd like to see the most to the ones we'd like to see the least. So um, I'm going to start off uh, with the team I feel the best about. Um, we're kind of doing this in uh, like three tiers. And like this is the tier that I feel good about. I don't have 100% confidence the Wizards can beat anybody but this is probably the closest to 100%, I feel, um, and that's about the Indiana Pacers. Um, there's a lack of playoff experience there. Um, there's a lack of depth, which, you know, isn't always the worst thing uh, come playoff time, but, uh, you know, they've got some key rotation players who I think are liabilities. Um, we all know what happens with uh, Boyan Bogdanovich. And his defense in the playoffs, and uh, Thaddeus Young is um, quickly kind of becoming a a, a non threat on offense, which I think uh, helps Washington out as well. So um, I think there's definitely some issues with Victor Oladipo. Um, you know, I don't know who's going to guard him, and uh, you know, I think Miles Turner creates a lot of issues with his ability to stretch the floor. But if you gave me the pick of those seven teams, I would take Indiana over anyone else. Okay. So I actually had Indiana number two. Uh, a lot of the things, they, just to echo a lot of the things you said, but for me, it comes down to lack of playoff experience. Uh, they have not gotten the taste of the playoffs yet, and they're about to. They're about to find out that it's a completely different game. And um, I think that does hold a lot more value than a lot of people give it credit for. Now, obviously, the Wizards had that run um, three or excuse me, four years ago. Four years ago now, where uh, they beat the Bulls in five, but that was that was more of a, a irrational, irrationally confident Wizards team going in and doing that. And I think just the lack of playoff experience is is uh, going to be an issue for the Pacers doesn't mean I think the Wizards would make quick work of them and sweep them or beat them in five games. I still think it would be a six-game series. I actually had them number two, though, so I we are not far off there. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's just, um, you know, that Indiana sensibility, they're not going to have that irrational confidence that um, 
Washington would have, but that's another story. Um, my number two team, uh, I'm going to guess, is your number one team, and that's the Miami Heat. No. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Oh, this is good. This is good. We're disagreeing. This yes. Is- yes. Um, yeah, my thing with Miami is they c- cause all sorts of matchup problems with Washington. You know, we saw that uh, last weekend. Uh, we saw it even in the game Washington narrowly won over Miami. Um, but I think, you know, Miami's biggest strength right now is their depth. And um, as they have to tighten up their rotations, they kind of lose that advantage. And, um, yeah, so I, I just think in the end, um, talent kind of trumps there. And um, I, I would take Washington, uh, even with their flaws against Miami and even with the way – uh, Hassan Whiteside always kind of dominates the Wizards, and you know Bam Adebayo kind of looks like he's going to also dominate the Wizards a lot in his career. But um, I would still take um, Miami's lack of star power over just about anybody. Yeah, I think the thing about Miami with me of the of these teams, you know, obviously um, the teams that rank higher that we're going to get to also. Um, exploit the Wizards' flaws. Miami is a team that, one, they slow the game down, but two, that they can, they exploit the Wizards' biggest flaw, which earlier in the season I thought was their lack of scoring off the bench or really just a scoring punch. But as the season rolls along, I think by far the biggest weak, eh, not by far, but but the biggest weakness for the Wizards is their front court athleticism or lack thereof. And Miami has young guys. They have James Johnson. They have, like you said, Bam Adebayo, Hassan Whiteside. He didn't even play the other night. They scored, I believe it was 76 in, points in the paint on the Wizards. Yeah. That's, all, that's not all because of the front court. That's not the front court's fault. I mean, it's, that's part of it. But I think of those teams, they exploit the Wizards' flaws. And they're one of those teams that's had the Wizards' numbers at least over um, – well, they were 2-2 two and two last year, swept them – the year before, it, it just seems like they always play the Wizards tight. Um, I actually had them fourth, but um, so I guess we're a little bit off there. But yeah, I, I, I would be okay if the Wizards played them in the first round. However, I, I there's other teams that I'd rather see instead of them. Yeah, and we didn't even mention um, Scott Brooks versus Eric Spolstra uh, from a coaching perspective. Um, I can't think of any. Uh, playoff series in recent history where uh, Scott Brooks and Eric Spolstra uh, went head to head and anything happened uh, from that perspective, but um, yeah, something yeah. to keep an eye on. That didn't happen. That wasn't in 2011, was it? Uh, I, I, I only follow the wizards. I, I don't know anything else about the NBA, so I can't speak to that. Um, okay. So my last team in the, I think the wizards would be favored and I think they would be, through the series just fine if it came to it is the Milwaukee Bucks. That was my um, one. Okay. Yeah, just and honestly, if if I wasn't just so deathly afraid of Giannis, I would probably have them higher. Um you know, even though Milwaukee has some talent, they just they they haven't reached it all season. Um, you know, they were kind of a mess under Jason Kidd. They had a little bounce back under Prunty and that seems to have faded away now. Um, and I mean, it's like, it's, you can't even ramp up Giannis much more than what he already is. I mean, he's already playing, 
you know, 40 minutes a game most of the time. So I, I don't know if there's really um, another gear to reach. And if, you know, Milwaukee keeps getting these uh, injuries, um, I think they could definitely shoot to the top. But um, just because of Giannis, I'm going to have him at three. Yeah, you touched on um, the injuries. They've, they've been hit pretty hard, I think, harder than most people care to recognize by injuries. Um, the thing with them for me is uh, – you know, kind of like everybody else. Big, prior to the season, I, they were the sexy team. Everybody thought they were going to be, they were going to leap up and really um, could they potentially uh, compete with Cleveland, Boston, Toronto, etc. But we've been waiting for them to click. We've been waiting and waiting and waiting, and here we are, sixty-seven games into the season, and they haven't fully clicked as much as we thought they were. Like you said, they were <clears throat> they weren't great under Jason Kidd. I want to say they're about five hundred, maybe a game or two above. Right now, they're only what are they? They're five games over, so they're playing about the same, just barely five hundred basketball, both um, both with Kidd and then uh, with the new coach. But it's one of those things where we're waiting for them to click, and it's like, okay, if you haven't clicked after 65, 67 games, whatever it is, are you going to? And I think the answer is no. But like you said, Giannis scares the hell out of a lot of people, myself included. And if he can morph into not even like a LeBron, but let's say he let's say he gets hot from the mid-range uh, for an entire series, that's that's an issue. And, and I don't think the Wizards want to deal with that issue. But, you know, I think there's just something there's just something that's not there with this team. And because of that, that's actually um, I would uh, I would be probably I would I would want the Wizards to face them in the first round, although as it looks like they probably won't just because Milwaukee's in seven right now, they would have to shoot up into the four or five C. The Wizards would have to stay put. But, um, yeah. I, I I wouldn't mind seeing them in the first round. Yeah, I, I guess my thing was just because Milwaukee would probably need to shoot up. It's like if they if they shoot up, then they figured something out, and that would scare me. But um, but yeah, I think as it is, they'll probably stay put, and so I think that's probably uh, the best thing for all parties involved. Um. Yeah, so now um, we kind of go into the second tier where I think it's kind of a coin toss. And I really only have one team in this tier, and that's the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, You know, of course, incredible top-end talent. Um, Even though they've kind of kept Simmons and Embiid in check in the games they've played so far, at least relative to uh, what they can do. um, Still, I think in a seven-game series – you know, like you said earlier, I think the lack of athleticism in a front in the front court would be a huge issue. Um, you know, even even though Markeith Morris did okay, uh, the one game he had to play some extended time against Embiid, um, I, I don't trust that to hold up in a seven game series, especially given Morris's um, foul trouble issues. Um, so I I just you know Washington would have some advantages in the front court. I, I mean, in the backcourt, excuse me, especially, um, you know, once Wall is back. Um, you know, I think we saw that in the season opener, how, you know, when Wall is healthy, he kind of changes the dynamics. And I think Kelly Oubre could be really valuable in a series like that. But, uh, yeah, that might just be one of those things where whoever has home court um, would probably have the advantage there and at least 
with the way the schedule's kind of breaking out with uh, Philadelphia being very um, soft down the stretch. They got a lot of teams that are just trying to get ping pong balls. That's a, that's an understatement. They, I think they play. Yeah. I think they play all eight teams participating in the Tankapalooza. Yeah, and all five of their games against teams with winning records are at home. So it's it's like it could not be better better set up for them. And I think um, the one saving grace might be is that um, like most projections now have Philly finishing ahead of Cleveland. So if uh, the Wizards can um, stay in the 4-5, um, they might be able to dodge Philadelphia. And I'm assuming having Indiana drop because they have I've, – I've seen they've had – they have either the hardest or the second hardest. Yeah, they have like the opposite of the Sixers schedule yeah. pretty much. Yeah, I mean, you 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 hit you hit the nail on the head. The Sixers. The only thing with the Sixers for me is uh, that irrational confidence, and kind of what what I alluded to earlier with the Wizards. They obviously are a confident bunch. Look no further than Joel Embiid. The only thing with the Philadelphia 76ers is they turn the ball over the most in the NBA. And yes, they are the worst team in the NBA when it comes to turnovers. Seventeen point four per game. That's not good, especially in the playoffs. That's even worse because the game is, is shrunken down. There's not as many possessions. Uh, it's slower. So if you if you cough the ball up 17 times, you're not getting – instead of getting 105, 110 possessions per game, you're, that's already getting you know a couple of sh- shaven off of that. Now compound that with the turnovers – it's not good. The one thing with Philly is I think their home court, which is um, a damn good home court, can win them a game. Um, you know, I think I think a lot of some of their flaws are really gonna gonna show up in the playoffs. You know, a lot of it depends on the matchup. Hopefully, it's not the Wizards, but I think they're one year away before they're really gonna make some noise and um, compete for for those top spots. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm expecting, you know, it's been, I think, six years since the Sixers have been in a playoff game, uh, you know, back in the uh, Drew Holiday, Lavoy Allen era. Uh, but, um, yeah, so I, I think it would be a lot like that first game the Wizards had against the Bulls, um, even though they lost that game, I believe. Um, you know, minor details, but, yeah. Um, yeah, just not the kind of matchup um, the Wizards need. And, you know, I could – that could be one of those series where like Jan Mahimi is routinely fouling out in like eight minutes. Yeah. Um, and I, I haven't heard anything. I'm guessing it's a non-issue, but like in bead, I haven't heard anything. Obviously there's no back-to-backs in the playoffs. Um, right. But as far as minutes go, I know he hasn't really been on a minutes restriction, but if he, is he going to be allowed to get ramped up to 40, 42 minutes a game? That I don't know, which would be interesting to watch for. Um, yeah. Yeah, and let's not forget the Sixers um, made some big moves at the deadline to re- acquire not one, but two Wizards killers, uh, Marco Bellinelli and Ersan Ilyasova. So uh, you always have to factor that in coming off the bench. That'll be an issue. Um, so anyway, let's move now to uh, Tier 1. Um, which is, you know, I guess the three that probably most people would expect to be in here. It's just kind of a matter of uh, what three. Uh, For what it's worth, in the same way that I don't think the Wizards are 100% guaranteed to beat anybody, I don't think there's a 
a zero percent chance against any of these teams either. I think they could certainly beat any of these teams in a series if things break right. But um, of the three, uh, the team that I feel best about is Boston. Um, after that big, you know, run to start the season where they, you know, got off to a really great start without Hayward. Uh, they've been a lot more pedestrian lately. Uh, part of that's been injuries, but I think part of it is just the league has adjusted. Their offense isn't nearly as potent as it was. And, you know, you know, we'll see how um, the injuries to like Marcus Smart and, um, you know, Kyrie Irving um, hold up over the next month or so. But I, I think of the teams there, I would – I'd rather take Boston. I, I just don't think they're quite as good as they looked early on. And I think, you know, given how Washington played them uh, on Christmas and even in the game they lost without Wall, um, I, I think they stack up well. Yeah, I um, did not. I had Boston second in, in this tier. Um, but I think I think the main thing, if the Wizards were to match up with the Celtics, is just the revenge factor. And I think having that massive chip on their shoulder from last season, I mean, obviously these guys haven't forgotten about it. I think that alone would be um, would carry a lot of weight. The biggest thing here, though, um, is is coaching. And there's uh, there's a wide gap between Brad Stevens and Scott Brooks, and and I think that would would show up in in this series and then i think um the celtics depth the depth specifically at the wing position they have seems like they've stockpiled wings whereas the wizards have done quite the opposite and so they can they can switch everything once again front court athleticism they uh, i don't think anybody on the wizards wants to see Marcin Gortat, Jan Mahimi or even Marquise Morris for that matter guarding Al Horford out, out of the three point line so i think i think that is a bad first round matchup for the wizards um even though there's the revenge factor and yeah i do not want to see boston i would not want to see boston in the first round yeah i mean i would i would definitely prefer not to cuz especially at this point, if if they fell to seventh, that's not a good sign, um, and it probably means that Wall has not returned on schedule, and you know teams are kind of you know figuring out the uh, everybody eats scheme. It, like you know, I think we've seen that a little bit here yeah. in the past couple of weeks. Um, it's almost like just ball movement by itself is just kind of a thing and doesn't really have any impact on offense. But that's another story for another day. Um, the team I've got second, um, a team that I really respect um, in spite of everything I'm about to say about them, is Toronto. Uh, the Raptors have been great all season. I think – I know we say this every year, but I really do think this is the year where Toronto actually, you know, kind of keeps their regular season buzz going into the playoffs. And they, you know, th- they've got some interesting pieces that I think are a little more switchable than – past years whereas like in previous years their bench was great because they were collectively as a unit really effective but then when you had to break them up for to shorten rotations in the playoffs it didn't work the same now with like Jakob Pertl and Fred Van Vliet I, I think they just have a lot of different looks that I think give them a lot more versatility without kind of breaking up the bench continuity so I think that's a concern but at the same time, um, Alan, did you know 
that the Wizards swept the Raptors in the 2015 playoffs. I think I did remember that, yeah. Yeah, people people forget that. People forget the Wizards swept the Raptors in the 2015 playoffs. And, you know, some people might say that's three years ago and the Raptors went on to a conference finals while the Wizards have not gone on to a conference finals. But at the same time, the Wizards did sweep the Raptors in the 2015 playoffs. And, and I think Paul Pierce was on that team too. Yeah, he called Drake a fool after the series. People forget I thought, that. I thought he said he didn't want to come back through customs after game two. He did not, and then he didn't. That was the great part. He he just he just took everything Toronto wanted. He said they didn't have the it factor. He showed it, and then he left. And then he just posted a bunch of memes on social media. Good times. What a, what but, a time to be alive. What a time. Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Toronto's good. You're not the the best. You're not a 50 win team midway through March by accident. Um, they're good. This this year does feel different. The only thing is. How big of a monkey on their back is this? Is this that they they come up short every year in the playoffs? You know, with uh, I think back to like the Dallas teams in the mid two thousands up until their championship in twenty twelve. Everybody picked. Everybody thought, oh, this is the year the one eight upset things like that. And you know, year after year, they were getting bounced early, and nobody believed that they could do it until they actually did it. Um kind of like the Clippers, the Clippers, same thing. They would early, early exits every single year. Um, now is that, are these guys thinking about that? I think a little bit, are they, um, does it play a factor? I think, a li- yes, it does a little bit. It's just how much do they allow it? And, um, but I think this year, this year does feel a little bit different. And, um, yeah, I would not, this is not a, a team I would want to see in the first round either. And like you said, for all the jokes we make, um, they do legitimately go 11, sometimes 12 deep. So they have options if somebody gets in foul trouble, if they want to switch, if they want to play big, if they want to play small, they can do that. The Wizards um, have their hands tied as they do not go 11 or 12 deep, in case you haven't haven't noticed. But um, yeah, that's... This year, this year, I agree. This year does feel a little bit different with Toronto. Yeah, yeah. Just um, you know, you can only kind of deal with just everyone saying what they say um, until you you finally kind of just something clicks to kind of silence the critics. And I really worry this is the year. But you know, then again, the Wizards did sweep the Raptors in the 2015 playoffs, so that's just something to keep in mind. Um, so finally, um, oh, just to – did you have Toronto as number one then or as number three? Mine went uh, – I had Toronto number one, Boston number two. Okay. So they, then then your number three is my number one, uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers. No, 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 no. As, as in oh. – as, oh. as in if I were – the team that I would most want to play of this tier. Okay. Toronto, gotcha. Boston – and then, no, we're not talking about Charlotte, who the Wizards are 0-3 against, and we're not talking about the Brooklyn Nets, in case anybody's mistaken. Yeah, yeah I, I would not like the Wizards against the Nets, um, <laughs> given their track record this season. But, uh, yeah, Cleveland. Um, I know they're not as good as past years. I know that uh, they're more vulnerable than they've ever been. I know that, you know, Ty Lue is probably on the hot seat, just like Joe Prunty, um, regardless of what happens. Uh, I know there's a lot of 
turmoil about what LeBron is going to do this summer. Um, and at the same time, as we've seen basically um, in both games, Washington hosted against the Cavaliers, uh, LeBron can just do whatever he wants. And I don't know how you fix that. Um, Otto Porter is not the solution. Kelly Oubre is not the solution. Markeith Morris is not the solution. And Mike Scott is not the solution. Um, so unless, um, you know, there's a, you know, unicorn 6'9", small forward out there that is unsigned at the moment who can come in and resolve those defensive issues and still give Washington a, you know, a little bit of offense. I just don't see how it works. So you don't think Ramon Sessions is that guy? Um, if he takes some very illegal um, human growth hormone between now and uh, April, that we might have a shot, but I'm not feeling it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's I can't I can't disagree with anything you said. Um, the main thing is, you know, every year it's oh, when's the year LeBron's going to fall off? When is when's the, when's the year he's going to fall off? And, and it just hasn't happened. And now he's turning in arguably his best season ever. And here we are saying the Cavs are vulnerable. You know, it's funny. I I was listening to a podcast. I can't remember who, but they said the Cavs, you know, are the the ultimate flip the switch team. And why are they the ultimate flip the switch team? Well, it's because you play your best players for the most amount of minutes in the playoffs. So playing LeBron James for a lot of minutes in the playoffs makes a lot of sense. And I was like, wow, that does make sense. And, you know, everybody's thinking, oh, how does everything change? Well, LeBron James playing 45 minutes a game yeah, that's a problem for every single team. Not to mention, although oddly enough for the Wizards, they play them better in Cleveland and they play them terribly at home, which I don't quite understand. But this, the same was it was kind of true last year as well. But yeah, as long as LeBron James is in the Eastern Conference, that's the team I want to see last. Yeah, it's kind of like, um, you know, I, I think it's fair to say that the Wizards are probably like the the second biggest flip the switch team, at least in the East. But, um, you know, um, you know, it's, it's kind of, uh, to paraphrase, um, another person, uh, Cleveland switch is uh, bigger and it actually works. So, um, I think that's kind of a problem. And I just, you know, unless LeBron just has like, a series where he just vanishes like that um, 2010 one against the Celtics right before he left. Um, but I think, frankly, he would save that for the second round. I don't think he wants to, you know, he's never not gotten out of the first round, and I don't think he wants to start that streak uh, now against Washington. So, yeah, I'm just uh, I'm not feeling great about that matchup. And, unfortunately, it's looking more and more like that is the exact one. We will see. But, um you know, we're recording this uh, Wednesday evening right before uh, the Wizards play the zombie Celtics who are without, like, half their team. So, you know, that kind of flips a game that uh, most people probably would not have had them winning uh, beforehand. And, you know, they also got help by kind of flipping that game against New Orleans uh, without Anthony Davis. So, you know, hopefully they catch some more injury luck here down the stretch and Wall kind of uh, can – get his legs back under him before this playoff run. And, you know, we'll see if uh, things get exciting. Um, So, yeah, um, that's kind of a look at the East. Uh, Do you have any closing thoughts on uh, the playoff picture or the Wizards in general? 
Well, I think what I want to see just just really over these last um, I'm not good at math seventeen games. Oh no, fourteen. Yeah, I'm really, okay. Well, these last fourteen games is um, points in the paint. So the Wizards have given up, like I said, for a variety of reasons. What's, this isn't a bashing of the of the front court podcast. Two hundred points in the paint over the last three games. That the giving up two hundred of anything over a three game stretch is not good unless that's like total points allowed. And it's a variety of reasons. The defense guys are falling asleep on defense. Um, the front court, yes. Live ball turnovers are a very big issue for Washington. Um, they're turning it over. 15 at least 15 times in five of the last seven games and teams are turning that into 18 points 28 points 20 points it's 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 a big issue for the wizards and it and it's you can't just point the finger at one specific thing so i think the wizards really need to wake up with their interior defense and really figure out how to guard the painted area because this is you don't want to have these type of issues whether it be turnovers or teams scoring easy buckets uh, in the playoffs. So if there was two things that I would keep an eye out for the Wizards to clean up over these last uh, four weeks or so, that that's what I have my eye on. Yeah, and I think kind of to go hand in hand with that, I know people like to say, you know, Gortat isn't a interior defender. You know, he's not much of a, a shot blocker at this point in his career, but – you know, relative to the other options, I think he's a little, you know, just smarter about how he manages pick and roll coverage than Jan Mahimi or Markeith Morris. And, you know, I, I just think there's, like, if I had to pick one guy to kind of anchor the defense, as weird as it might sound, I, I'd still take Gortat over uh, Washington's other options at this point. But I think the issue that we're seeing more and more um, in recent uh, weeks is that it's hard to keep him on the floor because, like, he just can't shoot anymore. Uh, he is shooting 40.6% since the All-Star break. Ouch. Which is not good for a center, especially one who does not even attempt threes. And was and- it with- Correct me if I'm, he was up around sixty five percent last year. Um, yeah, that sounds about right. Well, let me just first prior to the All Star break, he was in that ballpark, I believe. Yeah, like prior to the All Star break, he was shooting fifty three percent, which is you know not great, but could be worse. And I think it kind of gets to I think the point that um, you know there are some flaws when John Wall is not on the floor and. One of them is that when you have a guy whose primary offensive value is pick and roll and you don't have a point guard who can really run that effectively, um, it just kind of leaves Gortat shooting, you know, those like 10-foot jumpers and those kind of awkward hook shots that rarely go in. And, you know, that's exactly what we're seeing. And, yeah, uh, last season he was shooting 57.9%, which is – you know, much more reasonable. And and now he's just kind of, he's just an offensive liability, which is, I mean, you know, his screening still has value. And I think especially with Beal, there's something to that. But, you know, you have to also, to be a threat as a screener, people have to take you seriously as a roller. And, you know, if that's not there, then it's a lot easier to kind of swarm Beal and Severansky and everything else. So uh, they got to figure out a way to get Gortat more involved or just, uh, hope Wall can 
be ready uh, soon. Yeah, um, and I think we're going to see a lot of small ball. I don't necessarily – I'm not sold that that's the answer either. I know a lot of people want the Wizards to go small more often just because people get frustrated with uh, – myself included with, – with Mahimi and Gortat on the floor, but I'm not 100% sure that playing Markeith Morris at the five solves those issues or even Mike Scott at the five. So – um, yeah, Scott Brooks has some interesting decisions to make, uh, once the, once the postseason starts, that's for sure. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's going to be very interesting. And I really think a lot depends on the matchup because I think, you know, against the heat and, you know, some of your bigger teams, you might be able to get away with Gortat and Mahimi a little more, even though they tend not to play well, it, it's, it, you know, they might be a little more useful than say against, you know, Boston. So we'll see how it plays out. But um, until then, we will enjoy the basketball and um, try not to get uh, too caught up into the standings until uh, we actually know what happens. So, Alan, thank you again, and uh, we will see you all soon. All right, bye.